Hey, good morning to you guys. Great to see all of you guys. Loud and clear. That's perfect, Nigel. Thanks, mate. Morning, Alison and Sean. Harami. Uh, there we go. I can uh, get you guys up on the screen this morning. Hey, Chris. Sean. Great to see all of you guys. Harami. There we go. Cheeto. Good to see you, my friend. Aaron. Bunch of great, great people this morning. Hey, Nev. Nev's there as well. Hey, morning, Nick. Uh, there we go. Yeah, it looks very fancy, mate. Yeah, we're trying to be uh, flash down here. Um, and um, great to see you could make a Wealth Coffee chat, Nick, which is awesome, mate. Hey, team. Uh, good to see you. Yeah, we've got, um, hey, Alison, and anyone who's... Uh, who is uh, on the uh, the Aria crush, you know, um, a love affair with the Aria property. Yeah, you're certainly getting some great rewards from investing in some good quality stuff. Um, and um, certainly I think uh, the idea, team, that, you know, flight to quality, um, architecturally designed stuff is going to be, you know, giving you results time and time again as a property investor. You know, it's just really showing uh, its strength, going from strength to strength. Team, like the uh, like that little property launch we did the other night with um, the Azua Group as well. This stuff, you know, is is really strong, and that probably leads into today's conversation, which is pretty interesting. About you know what happens when we uh, you know we own our properties for long enough and. Maybe uh, maybe we got lucky. Maybe you bought in Sydney or Melbourne and your prices went just crazy in, in the last little bit. Uh, a lot of people uh, I meet who have been investing for a while uh, end up being very equity rich and not as cash flow, um, cash flow rich as they desire. Um, you know, I call them the, you know, the poor, you know, the poor little rich people, right? So they've got all this wealth on paper, but it's stuck. It gets stuck in um, in the real estate, um, and it's not producing the income that we want. And this is one of the I wouldn't call it a downside. It's a it's an opportunity to solve when it comes to real estate and its longer term income stream. So I want to talk to you about that today. Anyone on the call today? Um, you know, I'm one of these people. I have <laughs> listen lots of equity. That is very difficult for me to unlock um, with my with my um, with my life as business and property and other things. And uh, I've owned properties for a long time, uh, and many of you guys have. Sam has the same issue, where we've got you know millions and millions of equity, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equity. However, our maybe our income, our borrowing power, um, or the lenders are really not that keen to lend you the money um, to buy another property. You know, So I don't know if anyone's got that going on for them today. Give me a shout out and go, yeah, that's me, bloody thing. Um, but I'm going to talk about how we can solve this or what we can do to um, you know, keep this income going. So let's dive into it today. Um, and I've got a bit of an example here. So um, yeah, you're working with it. Awesome, Nigel. Love it, mate. So Let's just have a look at this. Let's say we're on our journey, we're on our acquisition journey, you know, over the whatever period of time is here, you know, zero to call it 20 years, and uh, you only purchase a piece of real estate. I'm just using a like a mid-tier piece of real estate right now, 650, and we go, right, we buy this property for 650. 
And let's just use the 5% number at this moment in time because that's kind of often we're aiming for 4 to 5%, depending on the cities we're buying in, um, as a landing point for your rental yield to, to kick off. You buy the property, residential real estate, a good residential yield for a brand new property, 5% happy with that, right? So let's take a look at that. You know, you buy the property for six fifty, dollars uh, and it's renting for six fifty as well. Okay, six fifty a week. Now, what does that give us? You guys would you guys should know this online. What percentage yield, what percentage yield is that giving us when it comes to our property right now? Our rental yield, um, you know, dollar for dollar, you know, is close enough to, it depends on the decimal point. But team, look at this, you know, it's 5%, okay? 5% yield, boom, Nigel. And you're like, beautiful, that's wonderful. Um, you know, it's covering its costs, uh, no money out of your pocket. Matter of fact, it's positive cash flow after tax, putting money back in your pocket. You structure this right at the moment. Most of you should be getting six to $8,000 of positive cash flow out of a property deal like this right now if you owned it. So wonderful. Let's have a look. Um, let's say we own that property and uh, over time, you know, the forces of the marketplace do its thing. And our property, you know, let's say over 20 years, um, goes now from 650 um, and it doubles in value. Let's say that property doubles in value, team. And you're pretty happy about that. Now that property is worth $1.3 million. Now for everyone sitting here on the call right now, you're thinking, oh, that's never going to happen. Well, let me tell you, team, uh, every single good quality property that I have ever purchased over a 20-year period, certainly not a 7 to 10, but a 15 to 20-year period has doubled in value. The longer you own the real estate, the more likely that is that is going to occur. Good pieces of real estate, um, you know, end up with great forces and great value. You can hear a pup, a little puppy dog in the background. I'm, I'm babysitting a dog right now. <laughs> so if you hear him squawking and carrying on, that's because he's uh, a bit excited. So listen, you get some forces of um, forces of value pushing the property's value up. You know, you wait your turn, your patient, you're a property investor, you buy multiple properties and you arrive somewhere, you know, uh, maybe now your debt, you know, is 500000 uh, and your equity or your, your value is $1.3 you know, the gap between your value and your debt is massive. Now, for many of us, if we look at, um, if we look at the rental outcome of this thing right now, what, uh, what happens with properties and their rents? You guys tell me, um, and this is an interesting one, by and large, do the statistics show that the rents double in value also as systematically as, um, as property values? Tell me in the chat that one. Would you expect, are you expecting your rents to double in value, to stay up with the value at 5%? What happens uh, with our income as a percentage or a ratio against the value of the property? What do you guys think? Chuck that one in the chat for me. Because I can tell you <coughs> the answer is no. Okay. 
what happens, and right now you go anywhere in Melbourne and Sydney and, and also in Brisbane, places like the Gold Coast, places where, yep, it happens. It has a yield compression and the rents don't, don't go up at the same, um, the same trajectory, the same trajectory and um, uh, momentum as the value of the property. And why does that occur? Team, why does that occur? I can tell you just quickly why that occurs because the, ma- the majority of the residential property market is driven by owner-occupiers, okay? Uh, it's driven by owner-occupiers, and at some point for the rental income or the rent that would be paid at some point, most people say something, and you would have said this as well, oh, you know what, I'm sick of paying someone else's mortgage. This is too expensive. Matter of fact, I can afford my own. Everyone cool with that? Every property, every residential property uh, has this um, this effect. It happens to the residential property marketplace, unlike the commercial or industrial marketplace because the, the value of those properties are attached to their rental income. Residential properties' value is attached to uh, an emotional need which has nothing to do with its income, nothing to do with its income. You're an owner-occupier. I want to buy the view. I want to buy the beach. I want to buy next to the school. That drives the value. It does not drive the rent directly but indirectly, okay? So it detaches. The value goes up, but the rent goes up a bit slower, and that is what uh, we call, uh, Nick said it there before, it's a yield compression, okay? So, for example, let's say that now the property used to rent for six fifty a week, uh, now it's renting for um, a thousand a week or whatever it is, just under a thousand a week. Let's call it nine eighty a week. So the rental yield, you know, goes from four percent to three point eight percent. Okay, and as uh, an income, that's about fifty thousand so, dollars. You know, so it's about fifty one k now at that. Uh, but before it was like 30, uh, I did the numbers, 34,000, okay, of rental income. Now, impressive in equity, but it not that impressive in income, okay? So a lot of people as property investors get to this point or a version of this point where there's a lot of equity, the rent isn't as high as you want it to be, the income isn't as high as you were hoping, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and they asked this question, can I get a better income somewhere else? Okay. And for me, this is the tricky point. You know, this is the, this is the, this is the decision making, like two, two roads diverge in the wood. This is the decision point where property investors, buy and hold residential investors must understand it's a danger zone. It's a danger point. So what happens by and large at this point? There's three things that happen or three things that we can do to make the income against this property far more effective uh, than it is right now. Um, what do you guys think they are? Tell me the three or tell me one of the three. Give us a guess in the chat um, while I change the color on my pen. 
What do you guys think they might be? What's the first one? The first one is the worst one um, as far as I'm concerned, but uh, a lot of people do it. What do you guys reckon? Because, you know, uh, oh, Airbnb, okay, um, Masai, but yes, in a minute, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. That's number two. But but if you take <coughs> what, you, you know, what you do to Airbnb, boom. All right. The first one, which is the worst one, as far as I'm concerned, is they sell. You're dead right. So what happens, team, is like everyone goes, oh, I need more money. Look at, look at this, 500 to 1.3 million. If I sold, I'd had six, $700,000 cash left over. Woohoo! right? I think that's the worst one. What happens when you sell? You pay capital gains tax. You pay uh, another set of uh, agents fees to sell those things, et cetera, et cetera. And then you've got to now put that money somewhere else, uncertain, untested, unknown. You've got to transfer the money from somewhere else and put it somewhere else. For me, selling, I think, is the worst idea. Now, a bunch of you guys have said renovation um, and uh, and uh, uh, Airbnb. Mass, I said Airbnb. Absolutely. At this point, you add value, add value, add value to the property, renovate, um, um, uh, furnish the property. Something, you know, let's say, let's say into the future, you own a piece of real estate that could be subdivided, turned into two dwellings. This is where you've got to maximize what's called the highest and best use of the real estate, highest and best use um, uh, as we go, okay, which is perfect, okay. Um, and uh, for all of us, yeah, an upgrade, Harami, like upgrade the, the ability for that property now to earn its way, to pay its way, okay, um, as we go. And the last but not least, which, which is one that I love absolutely um, awesomely right now, um, is is uh, what Nigel is saying there. You create the equity, you release the equity, tap the equity. Some of the challenges to Nigel and others, once you get to a certain amount of borrowing, the lenders don't want to lend you money at the right interest rates. So certain certain investments become less attractive, okay? So, but Nigel's hit the nail on the head. Um, the one that I love, is equity arbitrage, right? Equity arbitrage. You take the equity from here, and let's say you borrow that equity at 5%, that's the interest rate. And let's say, for example, the example that I'm using is, you know, we have been doing with uh, some investors, some joint ventures, and they have been earning 20 plus percent. So imagine this, and we, let's just do the math on this one. We unlock 200K of equity and we get a 20% return on that. What that does is if you add that $40,000 of income back into this property's mix, it goes from a 3.8% return to a 7% return, okay? Now... Boom, it's better than the 5% ratio. And if you understand how to do that properly and well, um, your properties 
will be able to continue to earn significantly into the future without the need ever to sell if you're able to understand how to unlock the equity and get a higher return um, in other investment processes. But don't miss this. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand this. Your real estate, your property, your wealth and value is stored significantly. The majority of your value and wealth is stored in buy and hold real estate investment and you take portions of the equity of your portfolio and deploy it in higher risk situations. Yes, you do. It will be higher risk. You could lose that money to earn more money to come back and create better income. I call that equity arbitrage um, because that is the ultimate um, process when it comes to making the most of the wealth that you got, especially in residential real estate, team. Residential real estate, it is inevitable your equity will outgrow the property's ability to earn income dollar for dollar, it's inevitable. It will happen. Doesn't mean the properties fail and it's not any good and all that sort of stuff. No, now it's time to add the value, highest and best use of that real estate. If you haven't got it, upgrade, whatever. And then third, release some equity, portions of it, to deploy in other places to maximize the income earning potential of that uh, investment. So imagine this, team. Imagine you've got five properties that, that over the next 20 years did this and you were able to release 200 grand from each of those five properties and then bump the income from your real estate. You know, that's the ultimate goal. That's the idea. That's where myself and Sam are now. We are, we are accelerating our ability to earn income from our property portfolio safely or well well conservatively by using these these tactics uh, to get great outcomes all right team that's it wealth coffee chat done and dusted um great to have you guys hanging out with me today hopefully you like the 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 little studio usually i'm doing it from my home studio but today i'm down at my little uh, office studio and um a little bit of fun to hang out with you guys uh, also. All right, that's it for me, team. You guys be awesome. Be well. Enjoy the rest of your day. And then, uh, hey, listen, let's hang out tomorrow around about the same time for another Wealth Coffee Chat if you're up for it. All right, folks. Adios. Be good. Bye for now.